Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with wingman Tom Dorian. Yes, sir. Thank you. Tom, I'm glad you're here. Thanks for having me. Well, you know what? We couldn't get anybody else. You were like 16th on the list. (laughs) So we're glad you said yes. Well, that's a first. Typically, I'm like, what, 20th? No, no, no. You were yeah. first on the list. You were first on the list, man. Third you were the first string. guy I thought of. I'm so glad you're here. The guy sitting on You've the been bench. with us for years. Isn't that awesome? It, does seem, it, has, it doesn't seem like years, though, does it? No, time flies when you're having to fun, you, I'm right? I'm sure it does, but to me it doesn't. Yeah, but we're going to talk about something that's not quite as fun today. Really? Well, it's, it's a good I topic. All the things we talk about are fun. Well, they are at the end of the program. You but just got to kind of get grind, hang in there with through us. it. Yeah, that's exactly right. And you know... I've had a lot of people ask me and talk to me. In fact, I've experienced in my own life mm-hmm. this this problem, I guess, this issue. What do you want to call yeah, it? Yeah, we're kind of preaching to the choir, aren't we? Yeah, this preaching is us. ourselves. So what happens when you're like you're suffering aridity, you know, like the arid desert, right? Yeah. The dryness in your prayer life. Yeah, you, there's nothing coming back. You know, what if you are, you don't, like when you pray, you don't like really perceive God's presence. Yeah. You know, so you just like feel like you're talking to yourself or whatever. And mm-hmm. what about when you ask for things and they don't come? They don't happen. Right. It's like unanswered prayers. Mm-hmm. Like what good is prayer when it's like you don't get the answers, right? And then, of course, what happens when you continue to pray and nothing changes? Like your life is unchanged and seemingly your life is unaffected by mm-hmm. prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I, you know, I've experienced that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm, sh- I'm sure you do as well, but all of us do oh, in, yeah. in prayer life. There, there's, there's this thing that happens periodically. Uh, you know, a lot of people call it aridity or just a, a dryness. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, maybe a valley in their in their prayer in between peaks. Dark night of the soul. Yeah, I know, and and many of the saints have experienced this as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, to listen to read the the memoirs of uh, Mother uh, Teresa. Oh my gosh, you know, to hear. Really? Like six years of well, six it or? or seven years yeah. where she felt like God wasn't present right. to her in her ministry or anything. And it's just interesting to, to note that. And a lot of people think that when they have this, that they're doing something wrong in their prayer life. They, mm-hmm. they think that aridity or dryness or unanswered prayers or just the lack of perception of God's presence is really they're doing something wrong. Right. You know, and what, how can I fix it? What can I do? Right. The first thing I'd want to say, I guess, is to let everyone know, and I'm not some kind of expert. But, but since I've experienced this, you know, and I've talked to some other folks and I've heard this said that this is normal. Right. It's, it's actually quite natural to experience this, this times. It's kind of these seasonal. Times. Yeah, exactly. So I say it's natural. It's like nature. Yeah. You know, we go through seasons, you know, that, that the earth rotates around the sun, yeah. which means that certain things happen at certain times of the year. You know, we go from the cold and then. Lo and behold, it turns a little warmer. We look forward to that. Then all of a sudden, it's hot. You know. Mm-hmm. Then, but you know what? Then it gets cool, and then it gets cold again. You know, mm-hmm. It's the seasons, right? Right. And we look forward to those seasons. So you can't really just you can't relish that warmness Mm-mm. until you've had the cold, exactly. Right. And it's, it's the same way. Uh, you know, you got to have that cold shower to really appreciate a good hot warm shower. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's very natural, and and the church picks up on this and sees this even her, in her liturgical seasons. Mm-hmm. Right, we have that that maybe the aridity or the the being in the desert with Jesus of Lent, mm-hmm. the simplicity, mm-hmm. right of 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 Lent, 
that leads to the glories of Easter. And I love like the Easter vigil, having just gone through the the Paschal Triduum, those those sacred and holy three days, um, really sort of bringing an end to all of that aridity of the desert, oh, yeah. right of Lent, and then. And then on the, at the Easter vigil, you walk into the church and you smell the Easter lilies. Beautiful. It's just, oh, it just fills your nostrils. And, yeah. and then all of a sudden there's the incense and we hear the bells uh, right on Holy Thursday to welcome back the Gloria and things. It's, it's things like this that, you know, you, you, you ex- enjoy those things because mm-hmm. you've had those times where you didn't have them. Mm-hmm. You know, say absence makes the heart grow fonder, right? right. Well, prayer life, I think, is the same way. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes we we need to experience an aridity and a dryness just so. You can when, appreciate the good times. Yeah, when we have the when we really feel close to God, we really relish in our prayer life, and it actually just it, it invigorates us and, and inspires us. But even so, I'm not going to tell somebody who has some kind of dryness or aridity that mm-hmm. well, tough beans. I hope it works <laughs> out for you pretty you know quickly. All right. Good luck. See you. Exactly. So it's like, well, what advice? You know, do I give somebody what are, what what's the thing we can do? And I love this part of our show, right? We've we started these kind of sh- things we do on our show now. It's like the ten easy ways or ten steps or you know ten ways in which we can uh, improve our prayer life. It's kind of cool comparing the lists too, isn't it? Yeah. So I always tell you go go make ten, right? And I make ten, and we say, well, and it's amazing how many of those are exactly That's alike. And then crazy. there's always a few where. You didn't think of, or I didn't think of, you right. know, that we can kind of get together. But we came up with 10. Now, there's a lot more than 10. Oh, yeah. There's a lot more. Yeah, there's but, at least 15. Yeah, well, because you had 15 <laughs> on your list. I would have checked. Three or four of those were, were bogus. Were duds. Yeah, they were yeah. duds. But you know what? The reality is it's different for everybody. But we came up with 10. We thought there were surefire winners. Right? Between the two of us, we came up with these 10. We did. And, uh, you know, here's where I'm going to start. I'm going to start with... This concept of, of regimen and, and regularity. Right. If, if you were wanting to change something in your life, mm-hmm. right, and you, so you start doing something differently, you can't expect, like, the next day for everything to be great. Right. You know, so it's like when people tell me, well, I, I didn't get anything out of this, so I stopped doing this. Yeah, don't stop. That's the big key is don't Don't stop. stop. Keep going. So You're going through that desert that's right. You got to keep going. You keep walking, otherwise you're going to die in the desert. That's right. <laughs> right. So you got to keep walking. You're not going to find the oasis unless you keep walking. Exactly so keep right. praying. And you know, if you're starting a diet on Wednesday, mm-hmm. you ain't going to jump on that scale on Thursday and go, "I am slim and svelte. <laughs> Look at me." You know, no, it's, it's a tough. miracle, a right? Time. It's going to take a little while. It's going to mm-hmm. take a regimen, a regularity, mm-hmm. right? If you want to have those six packs, you know, you start lifting weights. Right. It's going, you're not going to look in the next day and go, look at those six packs. Yeah, you know? it's not there. Exactly right. <laughs> you know, I've got one of those, uh, you know, those big boxes of wine. It's not really a six pack. <laughs> so Could you got you to you keep going. Keep right. praying. Pray yourself through that, that, that aridity. It's amazing, right. you know. And so once you get that regimen, that regularity, it's amazing how right. it starts bearing fruit. It's difficult, but you got to keep doing it. You keep going. Yep. Keep going. That's number one. Number two. You know, is this idea of praying the mass? That's an expression. Mm-hmm. If you ask an old priest, ask a, a good old Catholic, you know, um, they'll, they'll refer to it as praying the mass. Right. Many of them understand that today. That, that essentially, mass is a prayer. It's a prayer of thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Right. It's called Eucharist. Our Eucharist is a Thanksgiving Eucharist. Eucharistane right. means uh, uh, Thanksgiving. Right. So, if you understand mass as a prayer. 
And then you go into Mass with sort of a renewed sort of outlook about Mass. Mm-hmm. It's not an event we go to. It's not where we're there to be entertained. It's not where... It's not a box you check. We're just going to, yeah, to satisfy our obligation. And then also, we're not going there just to receive, uh, you know, a parting gift of the Eucharist. It's nice, but, you know, it's, it's a parting gift. You know, or to have, have a couple of nice words read. Mm-hmm. Listen to a good homily, mm-hmm. you know. And if those are the only reasons you're going out, I'm not. I'm not trying to demean the importance of Eucharist, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying a renewed understanding of the prayer of the Mass, and the fact that the the Word of God, essentially leading into the homily, which bridges into the sacramental aspect of the Eucharist, is so much more powerful and engaging and meaningful if right. you understand the whole thing in the context of prayer. Yeah, and put, it, what you're saying is just put yourself more into the Mass, engage yourself more yeah, into the Mass. put down the Every bulletin. facet of it, right. Right, don't worry about getting out of there at 55 minutes, you know, into the deal. Don't worry about where you're parked. Don't worry about backing in so you can get out quickly. Don't worry right. about whether they're going to have any of the, the you know, the fudge-covered donuts or whatever chocolate-covered donuts left, so we've got to hurry up. You know, don't even think about that stuff. I know it's hard, but we've got to sort of change how we view what we're doing at Mass right. and engage Full, active, conscious participation. Yeah. That's exactly what Vatican II was talking about when they, were, they told us this is, this is what we're supposed to be doing at Mass. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that we have to be doing things like constantly you know, talking and, and uh, being an usher and being an extraordinary minister. And those are good things to do. But the reality is to actively, fully, actively, consciously participate in Mass it is our, to have our heart and our soul, our mind engaged Right in a prayerful way, and that's powerful, and that's important. It is number three. We both agreed to this one, mm-hmm. and that is go to confession. Oh, absolutely! You know, I, I, early on in life, when I first bought my that house, that improves everything. I, it does not just your prayer life, and it's a, again, it's another natural thing. Yeah, right. You know, I had to bring the plumber out to the house a couple of times. Yeah, well, yeah, boy, it looks stove up there. That's, that's <laughs> it's stove up. I don't know what that meant, but it was bad. Once they flushed that pipe clean everything was good again yeah and and i think about all the things that get us stove up right <laughs> you know sin you like that don't you i do and <laughs> sin really just it just blocks everything it becomes an obstacle to grace it does so our prayer life suffers when we're in a state of sin mm-hmm. and we're thinking about sin and we're drawn by sin and we lead ourselves into sin prayer you can pray to get out of it but the reality is, is the more we keep if we're standing in the cesspool at some point, we've got to lift ourselves out of that. And going to confession is that way that God actually lifts us up out Big of that time. cesspool, right? And just pull us closer to him. And, man, the prayer improves. It's amazing. Immediately once you've, uh, you're not stove up anymore. So <laughs> now another one, we both agreed on this one, too, and that is going to adoration. Oh, yeah. You know, you take an hour and you go to adoration and you stop and, and you put yourself in the presence of Christ. If you stop and think about just the concept of the presence of Christ, how how wonderful that was! Think about the apostles. That right after, mm-hmm. right right after uh, the, his crucifixion, mm-hmm. right the resurrection, the like where have they taken our Lord? Well, the, the apostles were all with their knees shaken up in the upper room, oh, yeah. with the door locked for mm-hmm. fear of the Jews. They thought they were next. Oh yeah, you know. And what what were the first words out of Jesus's mouth? Peace be with peace you. Peace be with you. And and he brings us that peace. And so going to adoration is a way to engage in the Lord in a quiet way a reflective way yeah i think the key there is to be quiet mm-hmm. and but also quiet your mind 
just quiet your all all your mind, your brain, everything. Just slow down and listen. I have yeah, listening is the key. Very really hard to do. I, it is. The first couple times you go, you're sitting there the whole time going, Lord, I here's what I did today, and there's one you know, I had a problem with this, and I don't have to tell you. Speak you know, to me, speak to I me, know. speak to me, speak to me. He's like, and he, the Lord shut says, Shut up. up. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> we we have that problem. We kind of do that. All right, so we're going to continue on this list. Good. Uh, we got some more to go here. We're going to talk about each one of these. We, we've gone through four. We've got some more to do uh, right after we get back. First, we're going to take a break. Before we do that, I want to remind folks at home, we've got a great website, www.thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I would love to hear from you. Send me an email, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And with that, we'll be right back. And this is another great moment in church history. As Jesus and the two thieves hung upon their crosses, Roman soldiers came to break the legs of the crucified to hasten death, as nightfall was approaching. When they came to Jesus, however, they found that he was already dead. The Gospel of John tells us in chapter 19, But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. He who saw it has borne witness. His testimony is true, and he knows that he tells the truth that you also may believe. John does not name the soldier who pierced the side of Christ, but Catholic tradition has known him to be St. Longinus, and many stories surrounding St. Longinus, bordering on legend, have survived over the centuries. It is told that St. Longinus, who was nearly blind, was miraculously healed as the blood and water that flowed from the lance wound of Jesus fell into his eyes. This caused him to exclaim, Indeed, this was the Son of God, as recorded in the Gospel of Mark. It is said that St. Longinus was so moved by the events of Christ's crucifixion and his own healing that he converted to Christianity on the spot. The story continues that St. Longinus then withdrew from military service, spent time receiving instruction from the apostles, and lived the remainder of his life a holy man in the region of Cappadocia, now modern Turkey. Legend has it he was imprisoned for his Christian faith, and his teeth and tongue were removed so that he could not proclaim the gospel to his fellow prisoners. But Miraculously, and much to the amazement of those who imprisoned him, he was still able to speak the truths of the faith in a clear, fearless voice. He was eventually beheaded, and his relics now rest in San Agostino, the Church of St. Augustine in Rome. The relic of the Holy Lance that pierced the side of the crucified Lord can be found in one of the four great pillars that rise above the main altar in the Basilica of St. Peter. Whether or not the events put forth regarding St. Longinus happened exactly as tradition tells us is unsure. But what can be said with surety is that any man who stood at the foot of the cross of Christ and witnessed the death of the Son of God and the Savior of the world would be a changed man. He could never be the same again. I'm Bester Zimski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. 
And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting here with 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 Tom. Yes, sir. Thank you. And Tom has uh, come up with some good this ideas. This is not the French Cafe, Tom. No. This is the normal Cafe, Tom. This is a, yeah, you ain't French. That is for sure. No. That you would not. Nah. You don't eat croissant. I don't. You well, actually, I do. You I eat anything. Look at me. I eat anything. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Tom. That's why I love you. That's right. All right. So uh, we're going down our list of ways in which to uh, give your prayer life a boost. And right. we've come up with 10 surefire ways. I and guarantee we're, and we're preaching to ourselves. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to be not judging perfect. anybody. Cause, no. In fact, the way we came up with that list is like, here are things that we came up with. Cause <laughs> right, because we, we need it. We do it all the time. Desperately. So just to recap, number one was like sort of regimen, regu- regularity, keep on praying, keep on don't on. stop, don't die in the desert. Um, two was pray the mass. Three was go to confession. Four, go to adoration. You know, and those sound like pretty simple things. And stove up was part of two, right? Stove up is part of going three. It's part of going three. to confession. Okay, you don't want to be stove critical. up with the That's same. critical. We all yeah, know that. Exactly. So now we're going to jump to number five. All right. See, since now we're kind of, you know, getting past that normal Catholic stuff. Everyone yeah. says, well, son, are you going to Mass? We're, dig- going to we're digging a little deeper now. Yeah, we're going to dig a little deeper in terms of what you can do. And one of those is we have found a great uh, benefit to being in what I would call a quote-unquote accountability group. Yes, you're right. Right, being with a group of guys. Curcio group. We have a Curcio group. How many years? The 17, fourth, 18? The fourth day. No, man, it's like 20. Yeah, I just like to think it's 17 or 18. Yeah. It's been a while. You're really so, old, man. So I we, say that. we have been in a group together on Thursday nights. For 20 years. For it's, 20 years. And it's changed our lives. Exactly right. And one of those ways it does is that you're, when, it, when we call it an accountability group, and we don't call it that. We just call it group reunion or group right. or whatever. You know, but it, maybe it's your ladies' group, it's your men's group, it's your altar guild, whatever. Yeah. P- people who get together and, and have a brunch now and again, retired people, you know, people at work, whatever, Bible study. There needs to be a group where there there are people that know you. Right. And they can look at you and say, What is wrong with you? you got something going on right now. I can sense something different about you. And, it, really, and it really does happen. It does all the you time. You hang out with somebody for 20 years, all of a sudden you notice... Something ain't right. That bothers you, doesn't it? He looks stove up. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so I know uh, many times that you've uh, you've reached out and said, hey, dude, when's what's, the last time wrong? you were in confession? Yeah. Yeah, you said that to me one time. It's like, well, it's been 40 years. Yeah, I really remember saying that. That's, <laughs> well, anyway. But, but, but we need that. But it's because of being in a group with right. people that you know. I mean, we are born into families. We are We live in communities. Community. And the whole idea is that there's a reason for that. We don't live on little islands. Right. We need each other. That's why and, and Jesus sent them out two by two. And we can hold each other accountable. So if your prayer life stinks, yeah. you know, get with your friends yeah. and tell them your prayer life stinks. And I guarantee they're going to say, yeah, mine does too. <laughs> and all of a sudden you're going to start talking about ways and you're going to pray as a group. It's just an amazing thing yeah, it is. You're right. when those kind of things happen. All right. So number six. All right. This one is find a saintly prayer buddy. Yes. Now, what I mean by that is, you know, we have the saints. One of the great things is that cloud of witnesses. And just the, 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 the saints that we have mm-hmm. uh, in our faith to be able to know all those that went before us. And there are saints that might have you might have a particular interest in or who might really have your back because they went through the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so if you're having problems in your prayer life, go to that saint. Right. Right. You know, uh, for me, St. Stephen, I'm a deacon. 
Uh, Stephen was the first Christian martyr. He was a deacon. You know, he got stoned to death. And I think about my life and I go, you know, I've been stoned many times. <laughs> that, that, that came out wrong. <laughs> that is not what I meant to say. But, you know, I've, I've suffered the, the wrath that Stephen has so many times. Yeah, exactly. I will not let you show. I'm okay with that. Wait till the show goes live. There's no oh, yeah. way to hide. That's scary. But the yeah. whole point is. <laughs> You know, you find somebody you can commiserate with who can commiserate with you. And reality is, you know, everyone says misery loves company. But the reality is when we right. suffer, we suffer together. And if yes. we find somebody who's got our suffering, you know, in their back pocket and they know exactly what it's like. Man, pray with Lean them. on them. You know, I, I look in the scriptures. I look in uh, the apostle, uh, Acts of the Apostles. And I look at that beautiful homily that uh, St. Stephen uh, preaches. Mm-hmm. in there it's a beautiful beautiful prayer and, and i read it but those are his words yeah and i can pray with him so find that saint you like and right after that him. they stoned him exactly so you well. better watch out when you yeah. give that homily and it's really great yeah, that's exactly right you better be careful about how you do that you so duck. let's go on so find a, saint, uh, a saintly prayer buddy number seven renew your relationship with mary now this is important i mean jesus made a point of giving john mary mary and, and the church sees that as Jesus giving his mother to the world, to right. all of us, to right. all Christians, to all people, to, to, to come closer to him. To his church. Right? And, and, and her magnificat, my soul magnifies the Lord. She brings us closer to the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, and the reality is, I didn't put Mary in this place. God did. God mm-hmm. introduced Jesus to us through Mary. Mm-hmm. And so a natural way to find Jesus is through Mary. And sometimes, like when something goes wrong in your life, you run home to mama. She's going to make everything right. She will. You're she's right. going to cuddle. She's going to nurture. She's going to give you warm words of, of, of love and, and, and caress and whatnot. So if your prayer life stinks, you know, start with her. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's kind of tied to that finding a saintly prayer buddy. But the reality is it's, it, there's a unique relationship that we as Catholics can have with Mary because God put her there. Right. Jesus gave her to us. So That's when right. we have that difficulty in prayer, boom, run to Mary, her. run right. to her, run to mama. So then the next one is actually came from you. Uh Oh, I heard you say this, <clears throat> say this one time when you talked about you were in a, you were in a funk, you were like in a bad way. I don't know what it was, but you were in a funk over something. Oh, this is the aura at labora. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's number eight. Aura et labora. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's from the rule of St. Benedict. And this idea of aura is, is prayer Latin and work. For pray, right. Prayer and work. Right. So pray and work, pray and work. And yeah. there's a connection between praying and working. Mm-hmm. And really you can make your work a prayer. Mm-hmm. And I remember one time you were talking about how you had some kind of issue going on big time. Yeah. And the way you dealt with it is like, I'm going out in the yard <laughs> and you spent the day in the yard. Yeah. Like, I don't know, you were mowing the yard and you were, you were I don't know, ripping I prayed up, the whole time. I think you were ripping up trees with your bare hands. Weeds I don't know what you were man, doing. It was, but that was great when it was done. But that was a form of prayer. Right. And so sometimes if you're having problems with your prayer life, you, you can just sort of like, you know what? I'm going to set to work, but right. I'm going to make this work a prayer. So it's easier to sort of pray mm-hmm. as you're working. Yep. You know, and it's like it's an interesting way of looking at it, which kind of brings to mind this idea that we can actually change up and do different styles of prayer. We might think that prayer always means having our our knees to the ground and our hands clasped in front of us in prayer fashion. But sometimes it's not that way. Sometimes it's on the job. Right. It's working. It's while we're doing our daily work. It's while we're driving our car through traffic. Uh, it's while we're, you know, in the commercials during a television program we're watching. It's just amazing what right. you can find times and different ways to pray. And then there's different types of prayer. 
Right. Have you ever taught, tried meditative or, or contemplative prayer? Right. You don't have to light incense. You don't have mm-hmm. to f- fold your legs. My legs don't even fold like that anymore. Right. <laughs> you know, and so it's not like you're sitting on top of a mountain burning incense going, oh. Right. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. I'm just saying try some different form of yeah. prayer. Yeah. Doing yeah. something different. Switch things around. You're right. Yeah, switch. If you want to change stuff, start changing things. That's right. That's the way I think. Anyway, so let's go on to number nine, and that is pray for God's will, not yours. How many times do we yeah. pray for stuff? And it's like, Lord, let me win that lottery. I've already got it figured out, Lord. All I need is this. All I'm asking for is this. Well, it's easy to do. It's always about me, me, me. Yeah. And you've got to get yourself out of the spotlight. It's exactly right. And that's hard to do. And I understand, like, especially like if you're in grief, you know, you just oh, yeah. lost a loved one. Yeah. You know, you're going to be a little centrally focused. I understand that. Mm-hmm. It's going to be about yourself a little bit. You know, if you're wanting a miracle for your child, I'm not going to say you shouldn't pray for that mm-hmm. miracle. Right. But I am going to say that maybe putting the the, the, the phrase God's will into your prayer, mm-hmm. not only that you'd pray that God's will be done, but also that you accept God's will. Right. It changes how you pray. Yep. It changes what you're looking for. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times people have like this, these unanswered prayers because they really did get an answer. Right. The answer was no, or the answer was something yeah. different than the, what they no were expecting. several times. Yeah, or <laughs> they they didn't get an answer or they because what they were looking for was not anywhere near God's will. Right. And so sometimes just praying for God's will is the best way to go. Mm-hmm. And that will actually change your prayer life. That really will revolutionize what you what you pray and how you pray mm-hmm. and the effectiveness of that prayer specifically by saying, "You know what, Lord? I got this long list." And I don't mind telling you, and I'm going to go ahead and tell you, but the reality is at the end of this, I just need to, I need to be like in line with what you want for me. Right. Help me know what that is. Right. And that's a simple prayer. And it's a heartfelt prayer. You do that in front of the blessed sacrament. You're going to get some answers. That's true. So I'm going to end. We're going to end with this. This is the, this is the best one. This one, you actually came up with this. I left mine blank. I left number 10 blank. It's like, maybe we should just not, everyone has their own t- number 10, fill in your own way of doing it. But I, it's like, no, we got to use this one. Mm-hmm. And you said, pray to the Holy Spirit. Oh, absolutely. You know, when something big is wrong in our life, we have no problem running to Papa, do we? Mm-hmm. we we'll, we'll, if, if we need a cure for cancer, if we need uh, to move a mountain, right, get a new job, we need to win the lottery, whatever those big things are in life, mm-hmm. you know, we'll pray to God the Father. Right. Right. When we want someone to walk alongside us, to, to help us put his arm around us, to commiserate with us because we're human, he's human, mm-hmm. uh, you know, fully human as well as fully God. And so he can kind of understand what we're going through. We, we find no problem having a buddy. What a friend we have in Jesus. We, we pray to Jesus, right? right? We don't often pray to the Holy Spirit. No, we forget the Holy Spirit. And I don't know why that is. Because he's like powerful. Oh, man, he's major league powerful. Amazingly so. And so we need to just trust him. Amen. We pray before we speak, before we talk to somebody, one-on-one, whatever. Don't use our words. Use his words. They're better. They're way better. Amen. So we have all these awesome ways in which we can improve our prayer life. Just simple things that anybody can do. And I promise you, if you do them, you're going to love it. Absolutely. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, you are the source of all grace. Help us, we pray, in the hour of our need by your divine presence in our lives. As we call upon your name in prayer, may we be truly one with you through your Son, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. 
The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.